This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Racing is the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing has something for everyone, like NASCAR Weekly Series, Sprint Car Racing, Drag Racing, Off-Road Racing, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Allmendinger's on it, closes it down within four car lengths, but it's not enough. Kyle Larson continues to lead off turn five. For the final time off of turn five, down the back down to turn number six for Kyle Larson, looking for the weekend sweep here at Watkins Glen. Still about ten car length separation back to A.J. Allmendinger. Larson breaks going into turn number six. He opens it up even more. Kyle Larson for the final time off turn seven. He is ready to go back to back at the Glen. Off seven, final time. Checkered flag is in the air. Here comes Kyle Larson, and he will score the win Yet again, he won it last year. He's won it here this afternoon in the Go Bowling at the Glen. Yeah, it's 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 been a down year. I mean, stats why? I mean, it really hasn't been that bad. But in the win column, it's been pretty bad. So um, good to get some wins here, and, and hopefully we can you know, roll on to these final 11 weeks to get some more. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we've come out of Watkins Glen, and we are getting ready for the regular season finale at Daytona, and we've got lots to cover over the course of the next 60 minutes. Ryan Blaney is going to join us on the show today. He is holding on to the narrowest of margins in the final playoff spot available heading into Saturday night's regular season finale. We'll chat with Ryan about that and what he hopes to accomplish under the lights at the World Center of Racing. We're also going to take a look at some of the past Daytona winners who could drive their way in to the playoffs this weekend. It is a possibility. We're also going to talk some NASCAR Xfinity Series racing with the crew chief for Ty Gibbs. That man would be Chris Gale, the man that sits atop the war wagon there for the 54 team in the Xfinity Series. He'll join us as well. We're also going to flash back to the 2012 Coke Zero 400 at Daytona, and we will give you a full preview of this weekend's regular season finale in the Coke Zero Sugar 
400 and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here to get us started with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Kyle, what do you have for us today? Mike, NASCAR Cup Series teams will get little rest this week with a two-day organizational test at the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia today and tomorrow. The test is to allow teams to better prepare for the penultimate race of the NASCAR Cup Series season on October 30th, the final race to determine the championship four. And Kyle Busch's future in the sport remains unknown. His contract with Joe Gibbs Racing ends following this season, and nothing has been solidified for 2023 and beyond. The two-time champ says that that fact has led to sleepless nights. You want to be able to go somewhere that you feel like you have a legit shot to race to win. Um, you know, I'm trust me, I I don't feel like it's fair to me or my family or anything else if we're going to have to spend less time together moving forward because we are going to have to change our lifestyle no questions like there's a big change coming and so you know is it worth it to go run around and not have an opportunity to win right away versus building something versus jumping in something that can win you know all those questions are certainly being weighed out thankfully there are opportunities out there there is you know cup jobs available Um, but it again it, it will not look the same as uh, what it has for the last 15 years. Bush has been full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series since 2005 and has been driving for Joe Gibbs Racing since 2008. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Brian Blaney is going to stop by. And later, we will examine some of the past Daytona winners and who could earn their way into the playoffs with a win Saturday night. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we reach the end of the regular season for the NASCAR Cup Series, Ryan Blaney finds himself in a fierce battle with Martin Truex Jr. for the final playoff spot. Currently, Ryan Blaney is in by 25 points. Martin Truex Jr. is out by 25 points entering Daytona this weekend. Now, while Ryan is managing the pressure heading into the weekend, He's also celebrating a new multi-year deal with Team Penske. Our Alex Hayden caught it with Ryan following the announcement of his new deal. Carving up traffic, lap traffic tonight, and once again, Ryan Blaney has made his way back into turn three and four. One final time for Blaney off the fourth turn. Your first W, I think it was, what, 2013 in NASCAR Xfinity race at Kentucky Speedway. You're, you go by YRB. Young Ryan Blaney is what you've been nicknamed for for so long, but you just mentioned it. Ten years. Team Penske. Is it good to still use the Y part of the RB? Yeah, I I, I hope they use that for a long time. You know, I, I hope so. Um, it's pretty funny, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. You know, I'm, I remember ten years ago when I first walked in the doors of this place and, you know, being amazed and, and understanding Penske racing was all about and never would have thought as a kid, you know, I'd be driving for Roger Penske. That's, that's something I think a lot of kids dream of. Um, it definitely, uh, hopefully I'll be able to keep the Y and YRB um, for a long time. Even when I'm, if I live to see 80, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see it still there. 
I, I, I think that would stick quite well for sure. You mentioned the, the privilege of driving for the captain, Roger Penske. You, you've also obviously gotten to know him on a more personal level. It's got to be surreal. Somebody who's that commanding of a presence, no matter what room he walks into, to know him on a personal level, to be an employee of his, to be able to represent him and his entire organization. Is there extra pressure if there's such a thing as extra pressure at this level? I think it's I think there's a lot more pressure when you're initially getting going. Uh, for sure. You know, when I first started with these guys, 2012, 13, 14, just doing Xfinity every now and then for them, running the 22 car, running trucks for Brad. Um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure, you know, because you're just getting into the sport and you want to impress and you want to keep your job and you want to keep driving for these people. And as you get, you know, a little bit more integrated and older and established, there's still, you know, pressure to perform. You always have to prove that you can continue to win and perform at a high level. Uh, but I think as you get older, you just mature a little bit more and kind of relax and, and just take everything as it comes to you. You're not as wound up tight all the time. You want to win for RP and he expects it. I mean, he expects you to win. Um, and as drivers, we do the same. We expect ourselves to win, especially with a team like this. So um, I wouldn't say it's pressure. It's just uh, you kind of understand that you know it's it's what's expected of you you've got such a calm demeanor and such a calm voice when you speak to anybody whether it's doing media availabilities talking with friends talking with team members not every human being has that demeanor that that you possess uh your pit crew the the men and women on the race team some of them are far more competitive, a little more fiery. Have you found yourself now trying to be that calming voice with some of those that may not necessarily be on your team? Well, if you tune into my radio every now and then, I get pretty fired up with the helmet on. I, I'm, I'm a lot like my father on that aspect. My dad is the exact same. Um, he's a very quiet, calm guy, but like our fuses are so short and, uh, and we get very competitive and, and we're passionate about what we do. And it's like a quick, it's a quick thing. Like I need five seconds and I'm over it and I'm at, it's out and I can move on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, as, as everybody on the team has roles, right? I mean, you're supporting everybody on the team. Uh, and as a driver, I feel like you, you do have to be a cheerleader sometimes. Sometimes I need a cheerleader, you know, whether that's Jonathan or Josh, my spotter, we all have to support each other. If I'm down or I'm making mistakes, you know, I need a cheerleader to kind of get me back in it or if something happens. I need somebody to help me out. Or, you know, if it's vice versa, sometimes I have to be the cheerleader. So everyone kind of knows that uh, and you, you watch each other's backs. So um, that's something I think we do pretty well. Um, you know, if something goes wrong and I get fired up for a second, you know, Jonathan and Josh, they do a great job of just reminding me, you know, hey, it's in the past, then you can do about it, move on. And then that's like a good reset for me and you can focus on the task at hand. So I think that goes, you know, we do that really well on the 12 group. Coming up, we'll take a look at past Daytona winners who, with a win this weekend, could earn their way in NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we discussed earlier, Ryan Blaney is holding the final playoff spot heading into Daytona this weekend and the regular season finale. But 14 drivers could knock him out of that spot by winning Saturday night. Of those 14, seven of them have won previously at Daytona. Let's take a closer look at the seven who will be hoping to win once again at Daytona to punch their ticket into the 2022 playoffs. It all comes down to this. After seven months and 25 races, only one race remains before the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs begin. 2022 has already proven itself to be one of the most unpredictable seasons in the sport's history. And now the regular season closes out at one of the most unpredictable tracks on the circuit, Daytona International Speedway. 15 of the 16 playoff spots are already locked up with winning drivers from this year. 15 other drivers, however, have the opportunity to do the same on Saturday night and lock into the final spot of the playoffs with a win. Shockingly, eight of those 15 drivers have already experienced victory lane at Daytona, including the driver who won this race last year in August of 2021. LaJoy's been kicked to the outside. It's Blaney leading the field down the back straightaway for the final time. Here comes Suarez. He'll turn Harvick. The entire pack is crashing. Blaney will get through with the lead. Chris Buescher to second as the pack will crash in a shower of sparks and flames. Everybody up into the outside wall and sliding down the banking in turn three here in Daytona. Caution on the speedway. Ryan Blaney will see the caution flag and the checkered flag. And Ryan Blaney and Todd Gordon go back to back. They win at Michigan last week. They win tonight here at Daytona. For Ryan Blaney, he currently holds the final playoff spot on points. But knowing so many other drivers can lock themselves in at Daytona, Blaney's best plan of action to get in could be winning himself. Blaney has quickly become one of the best super speedway drivers in the sport. Winning this race at Daytona last season and having multiple second-place finishes in the Daytona 500. Coming just yards away from winning this year's running of the 500 to lock himself into the playoffs. A win which ultimately went to his teammate, Austin Sindrick. Another driver who could lock himself in on Saturday is the 2021 Daytona 500 champion. And we are now getting word from NASCAR, the winner of the 63rd running of the Daytona 500 is indeed Michael McDowell. They can go ahead and celebrate now. It will be a victory by mere inches. McDowell wins the Daytona 500. It was the crowning moment of Michael McDowell's career when he won the Daytona 500 last season. And while the best moment of McDowell's career came in the 500 in 2021, this season has arguably been his best in the Cup Series. McDowell was in contention at Watkins Glen and already has a career-best 10 top 10 finishes in 2022. After getting eliminated in the opening round of the playoffs last year, McDowell seems poised for a better run this season, if he can make the playoffs. McDowell isn't the only Daytona 500 champion in a must-win situation, however, on Saturday. Here he comes up the Daytona Super Stretch. Eric Almarola trying to block both lanes, trying to keep Hamlin behind him, trying to keep Austin Dillon behind him. Dillon turns him. Eric Almarola into the wall in 
turn number three. Austin Dillon to the bottom of the racetrack at the front of the field off of turn number four, but they're lined up side by side. Behind them, it's Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four. No one ever thought he would contend for the win, but he's going to do it. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. Richard Childress Racing is having a bit of a resurgence in 2022. Both cars seem to have speed on a weekly basis, but both of RCR's victories this season have gone to Tyler Reddick. Last year, it was Austin Dillon in a points battle with Reddick to get into the playoffs in Daytona. However, Dillon came up short. This time around, Dillon needs to get to victory lane to avoid missing the playoffs for the second straight year. And while Austin Dillon captured the win in the 2018 Daytona 500, the other 2018 Daytona winner is in a similar situation this weekend, needing to win to make the playoffs. Eric Jones with help from Chris Buescher will go to the lead. Here's Truex side by side with Chris Buescher now as they race to three. Eric Jones opens up by a couple of car lengths. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. Changes lanes. Jones throws the block, headed off turn four. Off turn number four, here they come down to the line. This is gonna be a finish we'll be talking about. Young Eric Jones out in front of the field, across the line, he'll score the win at Daytona. The number 43 is one of the most successful numbers in the history of Daytona. Eric Jones will look to carry on this legacy on Saturday by scoring what would be his second win in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Jones has already played a big part in Petty GMS running towards the front this year and would like nothing more than to cap off a great season with a playoff berth. Without a doubt, the 2017 Coke Zero Sugar 400 winner at Daytona will also be sure to play a role in who goes to victory lane on Saturday. Stenhouse blocking every advance. Menard doing the same. Boyer's up to third. McDowell and Newman side by side for four. Paul Menard gets a good run into turn number three, but is it enough? Closing to within one car length of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who leads off turn four. He won a couple of weeks ago at Talladega. Can he do it again tonight at Daytona? Ricky Stenhouse House Jr. across the start-finish line. He sees the checkered flag, and Stenhouse is going back to victory lane. He's the winner tonight. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has always been a factor in super speedway races. For instance, both of his Cup Series wins have come on super speedway tracks, with Stenhouse also winning at Talladega in 2017. The two-time Xfinity Series champion is known as one of the most aggressive drivers in the sport and will be willing to take any risk to end a five-year winless streak and avoid a five-year playoff drought. Stenhouse might be one of the better super speedway drivers in the garage area, but one that many consider to be the best has to win on Saturday to avoid missing the playoffs for the first time since 2013. Brad Keselowski out in front all by himself. It's a hornet's nest behind him. Kurt Busch to the inside of Kyle Busch. Two and three wide, bouncing off each other. This is for the win at Daytona. And Brad Keselowski blocking both lanes. Goes topside to block the advance from Kyle Busch. Now back to the bottom to advance to block the advance from Kurt Busch. Here comes Logano's. Kurt Busch spins off the corner. Here comes Brad Keselowski, though, leading as he has most of the evening. He'll score the 100th win in the Cup Series for Team Penske. Brad Keselowski will win the Coke Zero 400. Brad Keselowski is one of the biggest names in the sport, and it's hard to imagine the playoffs without him. The 2012 Cup Series champion has had his troubles for sure in his first year as the driver-owner at Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Despite those struggles, Keselowski started the year with a win in his qualifying race at Daytona, 
and can make those lackluster performances in 2022 seemingly fade away if he wins again this weekend. Those six drivers aren't the only ones with history at Daytona. Eric Almarola and Justin Haley have both won the 400-mile event on the Super Speedway. Even though those victories came in races impacted by weather, both Haley and Almarola have collected wins at Daytona in the Xfinity Series and will definitely be a factor on Saturday night. Those eight drivers mentioned could win again at Daytona and make the playoffs in 2022. But Daytona is the ultimate wild card where any driver can win. We'll all find out together this weekend if those eight or the other seven eligible drivers inside of the top 30 in points can get to victory lane at the World Center of Racing and turn the playoff landscape on its head. It's Tim Cattlefamo giving us that review. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate you. Coming up, a Daytona flashback to Tony Stewart's last win at Daytona. And later, Chris Gale stops by. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The second visit to Daytona International Speedway now marks the end of the NASCAR Cup Series regular season. But the stakes didn't used to be that high as the race was annually held back in early July for a period of time. Let's take a look back at one of those muggy July evenings as Susie Armstrong helps us remember the 2012 Coke Zero 400 at Daytona. Time to head down memory lane to the night of July 7th, 2012 for race number 18 of the NASCAR Cup Series season and the second trip to the World Center of Racing for the Coke Zero 400. Matt Kenseth, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Jimmy Johnson comprised the top three in the championship standings, with 2011 champ Tony Stewart ranked ninth. Stewart, a three-time winner of Daytona International Speedway's Summer Classic, called upon that experience to qualify outside the front row for the Saturday evening clash. However, the Stuart Haas Racing number 14 Chevy failed post-qualifying inspection, and Smoke would have to make his way up from the rear if he was going to capture the checkers once again at Daytona. I stand behind NASCAR a thousand percent. They uh, they stuck to their rule, and that's what they have to do. It, it really didn't help the car, but it, the rule is that it has to be capped off, and it, the cap blew off. So uh, that's got us back here. But we got a good good uh, Mobile One Office Depot Chevy, and uh, we'll fire our way back up through there. Daytona is a place where legends are born. And one of NASCAR's elite, 1988 Cup champ and four-time Daytona winner Bill Elliott was making a return in a Walmart-sponsored Chevrolet. Million Dollar Bill, named one of NASCAR's top 50 drivers, would take the wheel of the Steve Turner-owned Chevy and dream of another trip to victory lane. I think the race car will be really good. Uh, You know, the main thing is just positioning, you know, and trying to figure out where to be, when to be there, and, and so on and so forth, and not have any miscues on pit road, but... All in all, I feel good and confident with the guys. And, you know, the main thing, just kind of get back into racing groove. You know, I've been kind of out of it for a little bit. So 
We'll see if we can blow the rust off and go from there on the Walmart. With the conclusion of the pre-race fanfare, 43 drivers were set to race on a Saturday night in Daytona. Nothing quite like summertime racing at Daytona. Here comes the field down to the start-finish line. Green flag goes in the air, and we are underway in the Coke Zero 400 here at Daytona. Stewart ran outside of the top 30 for most of the night before making his way through the field just after halfway. Now Tony Stewart's going to change that. He goes right up the middle. Joey Logano on the bottom. Regan Smith in the middle. Tony Stewart picks up fourth spot. And Tony Stewart, therefore, goes to the 15th position. You've got Joey Logano back there in the 16th spot. Logano changing lanes. He's going to move from left to right toward the high side as they go to turn three. Tony Stewart, who had been running around outside of the top 30 all night long, apparently thinks it's time to come to the front. Tony Stewart now climbing his way towards the front in a double-file battle. The clash had remained calm for the most part, with two cautions for eight laps, slowing the action through lap 124. But at Daytona, one can only expect the unexpected. We've got trouble off turn number four, Barney. It's Jimmy Johnson, and he slams the inside retaining wall. Several other cars involved further down towards a tri-oval. Johnson's night would end early, but he wouldn't be the only Cup Series champion out of the race, as Bill Elliott landed in the garage as well. Bill Elliott got a big chunk of this as well, and they all went spinning down to the infield grass here at the front straightaway. Steve Post looks like Bill Elliott may be sitting dead in the water in front of you. Yeah, indeed he is, sitting right in the infield grass, and actually the window net comes down on the Walmart Chevrolet. Just from looking at it, a lot of damage on the right front of that car. They were bunched up, they were trying to slow down, coming to pit road, and it turned out to be like a match of bowling with cars just sliding all over down here at the entrance of pit road and through the grass. Bill Elliott is here as well. Bill, tell us uh, what happened for you. I, I mean, all I saw was cars turning in front of I mean, I got hit in the back, and I got gathered back up. I thought everything was going to be okay, and then I got turned back up the hill, and then there was nothing. I mean, I was just along for the ride, and I just drove it off, but it broke the shear box. But the Walmart Chevy was running well all night long, wasn't it? Oh, man, I'm telling you, that's the best driving race car running I've had in God I don't know how long, and I, I've made it so bad for these guys. I mean, to be here the first time for Walmart, and I mean, at least we ran well, and, and we showed we could run with these guys, and... You know, we were just getting that inside lane to kind of halfway work a little bit. And, man, I don't know what else to do. I mean, it's it's just a crying shame that this happens. And, I mean, what happened up there, I don't I don't know. I mean, it just worked out one of them deals. Elliott's departure at lap 123 would put the period on the storied career of Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Johnson and Elliott's exit stage left was only the beginning of the drama that was yet to unfold as Tony Stewart, driving from the rear to the front, lit up the battle for the lead on lap 131. Kyle Busch, the race leader, heading off turn two and onto the super stretch. Tony Stewart working toward the outside lane of the racetrack and Stewart under a full head of steam and help in the form of Denny Hamlin to turn three. And they're going to bypass Kyle Busch, leaving him to battle for the third spot. New race leader here in Daytona for the first time tonight. Tony Stewart out front. Denny Hamlin goes second. Stewart held the lead for 20 laps and was looking unstoppable with nine laps remaining until Matt Kenseth joined the fray. They continue to push each other back toward the front of the field, but they still have to catch Tony Stewart. Here's Kenseth, full head of steam from the outside, tries to draw alongside. Here's Kenseth for the lead. He restarted back in the seventh spot. Greg Biffle back in the eighth spot. They're going to go one, two, maybe. Here comes Tony Stewart, digging hard, down on the inside. Ford versus Chevrolet. In the modern Daytona era, multi-car crashes are a possibility, and on this muggy night, 
outside under the lights, the big one seemed to be inevitable. Couple of cars tearing it up, and now it's a mass crash into the outside wall in turn one. Hard goes Marcus Ambrose. Hard into the wall goes Trevor, uh, Trevor Bain. Martin Truex Jr. is involved. David Rudiman is in the middle of it. A number of other cars sliding down onto the apron and through the grass in turns one and two. David Reagan, Trevor Bain, Juan Pablo Montoya, Clint Boyer, Marcus Ambrose, and David Gilliland were swept up in Daytona's patented late race collision, displaying the caution for the final time and setting up a dramatic dash to the checkers. Matt Kenseth has the lead by about a car length. Biffle now to the bottom of the racetrack. He bypasses. Oh, they bump! A great save by Jeff Burton! He had it pointed straight at the wall and gathered it up. Here comes Tony Stewart for the lead! Tony Stewart all alone to the high side of the racetrack. He swings by Matt Kenseth and grabs the race lead. It's Stewart in front. Now Casey Kane is on the charge and Kenseth is third. Tony Stewart's going to try to do this all by himself. He's got no drafting help. Matt Kenton now goes up to banking. Greg Biffle's with him. Greg is going to go around. He makes a tremendous save. Four wide, and now they begin crashing further back. A pileup coming off turn four, but up front it is all Tony Stewart. He's going to win the Coke Zero 400. The win was Stewart's third of the 2012 season and fourth July event victory at Daytona, all which Stewart said he'd gladly trade for a Daytona 500 championship. What is it about this summer race that adapts to your style so well? I don't know, but I'll trade them all in for just one Daytona 500. So uh, this is 18 wins at Daytona. We just haven't got the right one yet. But, uh, you know, all of them are special, and it's uh, it's cool to do this. This is the second time this year we've been in victory lane with Steve Addington at Daytona. So uh, really proud of this group and our guys. Stewart would never earn that elusive Daytona 500 crown, and the 2012 Coke Zero 400 would be his last win at the World Center of Racing. A win to remember as Smoke Al dueled 2012 Daytona 500 champion Matt Kenseth and the NASCAR world bid adieu to Elliott, one of its all-time greats. Coming up, we'll hear from Chris Gale. That's Ty Gibbs, crew chief in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He'll join the show, and later, we'll preview this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series regular season finale. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live as the Xfinity Series enters into its final four races of their regular season. Ty Gibbs is firmly in contention for the regular season points crown. Either way, Ty, who is first in the projected playoff points, will be considered one of the championship favorites once the playoff 10 is finalized. There to guide Gibbs through his rookie season has been his crew chief, Chris Gale. Chris joins Steve Host and Todd Gordon on a recent episode of Crew Call. I would dare say it's got to be fun this year. I mean, and you had a fun year last year. Uh, Xfinity Series winning lots of races with a variety of drivers. This year, Ty Gibbs winning a lot of races, five wins. Um, kind of assess how it's been and, 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 and how much fun you're having over there. Yeah, it has been good, right? Like, so last year, going with all these different drivers was a whole different feel, right? You, could, you got a mix of someone different all the time, but... Probably the most consistent was Ty, right? I think he ran 18 races for us. So we did get a a good feel of what he was bringing to the table and kind of dealing with him. So you go into this year and expectations are high, right? And you you say it's going to be fun, but you got lots of pressure, right? This is... Yeah. This is Coach's grandson. He won four races of the 18 last year. Like, how are you going to keep that winning percentage going very long, right? That's a tough one to keep on the mark. So thankfully, I think we're, we're pretty close to that again this year. So at least expectations we're hitting the status quo what was expected at least for this year but it is fun you know and then coming off last week at michigan where we didn't think we had the strongest car but we could gain some track position and hold guys off and then get to enjoy that that win for two weeks with a with an off weekend for us last weekend 
What do you need to accomplish between now and the playoffs beginning? What 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 are you uh, your points, stage points, wins, momentum? What all are you working on as we get closer and closer and get yourself set up for the playoffs? Yeah, I think it goes without said. You know, playoff points, stage wins, wins. That's got that's great, right? But I think that there's a pretty tight three-way battle for the regular season championship. Um, so we're keeping that in mind, right? Us, the sixteen, the seven, are tight enough where if we could avoid some problems, you know, you got Daytona coming up, which could be a wild card for any of those three cars. Um, we would like to get those extra five points for winning that regular season championship. You know, um, we'll see how it goes. But right now, that is still still one goal that we need to get accomplished before the end, you know. You and Ty, what a great run you've had. You know, last year, this year, Ty's run the 45 car. Uh, you know, yeah. and and honestly, from the outside looking in, I think he's done a, a tremendous job in that in that role and in rolling into that. What has that done to your program, positives or minuses, from him running that car? You know, a little both, to be honest with you. Um, positive, probably from a confidence standpoint on his side. Like you don't know going in, right? Like if he's really successful in the Cup side right away, then confidence builds, right? And I think he's done a good job, but it's been a tough situation, right? When he got in the car at Pocono. He had no laps. He didn't know how to shift the thing. He hadn't done anything except for a little bit of simulator running of his own, you know. Um, but I think he's run well enough being a rookie and being in the situation he's in that it's added to his confidence a little bit. Um, so I think those are the only positives. I think the negatives are trying to schedule everything, right? He's a he's a young guy who hasn't had all this on his plate, meaning he's having to go to cup meetings. He's having to go to Xfinity meetings. He's having to manage um, you know, the media side of it, double simulator time. And we're having to share that and loading him up on some days when it's like, man, can you really spend six hours in the simulator and not be completely flustered and worn out by the end of this? Um, so those are kind of the compromises that we're having to, you know, having to make between both teams and realize, okay, well, this is the priority, but we need you to give 100% effort over here too. So just kind of those balances of things. Obviously, there's all the talk out here, wherever Ty is going, whatever's going on. We don't know what's going on with Kyle. And obviously, that's a different pay grade than you're at. We understand that. But how good right now is Ty Gibbs? Is it is it something where, where, where possibly he's, he's talented enough? I know he's driven enough. I know he's dedicated enough. Is it possible that, that he could he could maybe make that move if the opportunity were to open? Yeah, I think so. I, I think he can. I think it's... You know, just because of the situation like you talked about, I think that it's obviously being discussed in certain capacities. I don't know how it's going to all shake out, but I think that, you know, nobody understands how tough of a transition it is going from Xfinity to Cup until they actually get into it, right? Everybody thinks it's going to be easier, but, you know, it doesn't matter how many pick the driver and look in the past at the number of wins they've had on the Xfinity side. No, very few go right into the Cup side and have immediate success. So there's going to be a transition from winning six, seven races a year to only competing for one or two or whatever the case may be early on. Um, the guys just have to get adjusted to. And I think that just, no matter who it is, Ty Gibbs, whoever, just has to go through that, right? And you're never 100% ready for it. So you just, you need to be mentally ready to deal with it. And that's probably the biggest challenge, you know? So so you actually went through this with Eric Jones. Right. Uh, the, the two of you kind of came together as, as rookies to the Cup Series, I believe, I Correct yep. me if I'm wrong there, but um, is is Ty ready for that in your opinion, or, or do you think another year of Xfinity, as, as Joe's talked about, is 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 good for him at this point? You know that's that's tough. Um, 
I think another in an ideal case, another year of Xfinity would be great. Sometimes the ideal case doesn't work out though, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you're forced because of other reasons to have to do something different. Um, so then you weigh out, well, are we really doing him any detriment by moving him up soon or not, you know? And then I think it just depends on the runway that he has on the cup side, you know? If you're gonna move a guy maybe sooner than you want to in an ideal scenario, then you need to give that guy enough of a runway so that he knows he's got a few years to grow into that and, and limit your expectations because you've thrown him in early to be able to kind of yeah. get up to speed on that fully, you know? Thank you, gentlemen. And be sure to check out Crew Call every Thursday at noon on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, we'll preview the Cup Series regular season finale. And later, it's this week in NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend at Daytona International Speedway, the drama will be cranked up once again for the regular season finale of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. And heading into the weekend, Ryan Blaney holds a slim lead over Martin Truex Jr. for the final playoff spot. But either could be unseated if any of the other 13 eligible drivers win Saturday night. Our Kyle Ricky is here now to set the stage. Just as the NASCAR Cup Series began their season at Daytona International Speedway with the Daytona 500, the series returns to the World Center of Racing this weekend to bookend the regular season with the Coke Zero Sugar 400. While the regular season championship was wrapped up at Watkins Glen by Chase Elliott, there is still plenty on the line on Saturday night, namely the final playoff spot. That final playoff spot is currently held by Team Penske's Ryan Blaney, who has a 25-point advantage over Martin Truix Jr. for that position. Blaney knows there is a ton on the line, but he says that won't change his mindset because that is when you get yourself into trouble. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the same same mindset as the second or third race of the year. I mean, you obviously, I don't think, you know, it's just the time of year when is why it gets talked about more, obviously. I mean, you always want to go out and win races. You always want to do well in stages and, and beat everybody else. There's really no way to approach it any differently. You just try to do the best you can and maximize your day. Um, that's, that's really all we can do. You know, we, we can't control anyone else's day. I can't control Martin's day. You can't control mine or, or anyone else in the field. So you just focus on yourself um, the best you can and go out and try to do what you normally do and, and try to figure out a way to win the race and, and do well. I mean, that's the end of the day. If we do our job to the best of our abilities and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you know, that's just the way it falls. But the biggest thing we can do is just worry about our group. Blaney should be heading into this weekend with confidence. It is one of his best tracks on the circuit. The Ohio driver won this race last year, and it looked like he could win the Daytona 500 in February heading into the trioval. Blaney says that he knows he has the capability to run well, but your confidence can never be too high with the unpredictability that the track offers. Yeah, Daytona, I mean, you never know what can happen. You know, we've had success there years past, uh, you know, last year in that race. The 500 this year, our cars were fast, but you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, you can get, we say it all the time, you get wiped out in someone else's mess and there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, you have to accept it going into that place that that might happen. So um, we'll see. You just got to stay in both of these races. I mean, you just want to just stay in the game and that's all you can plan on doing. One driver who agrees with Blaney on that unpredictability is Christopher Bell. 
Bell equates just getting to the end of one of these races to a high-speed chess game. Yeah, it's just a it's just a game. Instead of a race, it's a game. And unfortunately, the game ends with a lot of spent money whenever you start crashing. But yeah, just trying to be there at the end. And I've had a couple speedway races where I've been in position to win or run well at. And I don't even know what my best speedway finish is. I think the rain shortened one because we didn't crash at the end. But uh, yeah, just trying to get to the end of those things is very difficult. Bell's Toyota teammate, Bubba Wallace, finds himself in a bit of a pickle this weekend. Wallace is always a threat to win at Daytona, and he needs to do just that to punch his own ticket into the playoffs. In doing that, though, he could end up knocking out Truex. Bubba says that that fact won't change the dynamic of the Toyotas working together until the last few laps. No, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it comes down to that, right? You know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, helping a Toyota get into the playoffs. And, you know, the, the scenario right now is not ideal for, for Martin uh, or for myself. Same time, doesn't change the, the, the attitude going into the race and leading up to the end of the finish. But when you get down to the last couple laps and, and you're in the scenario to capitalize and pounce on, then you got to do what's best for your team, you and your team and your partners, because that's that's what it's really about. But leading up to that point, it's all about setting up and making sure we're in the we're in the right spot to help out help out others. Another driver who has to win to get in on Saturday night is Harrison Burton. The rookie was running up front in his first Daytona 500 until he was involved in one of those spectacular crashes that tend to happen on the Daytona Super Stretch. Harrison Burton is not done yet, though. He's got a trunk full of Brad Keselowski. He powers to the outside of Byron. He'll take second. You're old and spinning to the inside is Byron. Kyle Busch gets turned. Denny Hamlin gets turned, and they're wadding it up in the back of the pack. Harrison Burton up and over. He'll flip that Wood Brothers Ford Mustang. Christopher Bell is involved. William Byron involved. Kyle Busch gets a piece of the action. Also, one other car down to the inside of the racetrack. It's Ross Chastain. Alex Bowman all get collected out of turn number two as Harrison Burton comes back on all four wheels. Burton says that even though his 500 ended that way, he counts that race as one of his best races of the year and is confident he can put it all together on Saturday. Honestly, that's one of my favorite races I've run all year. You know, showed up early and in a daytime 500, my first one, uh, felt like I made right the right moves, felt like I was aggressive enough and at the end of the day, it didn't work out. You know, I was trying to see what I could do different. And, and there was maybe a few things I could have done different. But at the end of the day, I was, uh, I was proud of that performance and, and proud of uh, being aggressive. A total of 15 drivers could lock themselves into the playoffs with a win on Saturday night. With so much on the line, one of those 15 drivers, Chris Busher, says that this year's Coke Zero Sugar 400 could be an all-timer. I would expect with the season going the way it has, that it will probably be one of the crazier Daytonas we've had in a long time, is my guesstimate right now. We'll see if that comes true or not. Crazy is sure to be a buzzword on Saturday night when 37 of the best stock car drivers strap in and race wheel-to-wheel for 400 miles with the trophy and the final playoff spot on the line in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It is that time of the week, my friends. Time to wrap things up in style, and we do it with a classy lady. Susie Armstrong is here with This Week in NASCAR History. Thank you, sir. 1976, the Bee Gees were in the groove with the booty shaking disco single, You Should Be Dancing. Tom Brokaw paired up with Jane Polly, signing on as the new co-host of NBC's Today Show. Republicans stayed loyal to President Gerald Ford, confirming the incumbent as the GOP nominee. And David Pearson was the ruler of the Irish Hills, driving the Wood Brothers Mercury to victory in the champion spark plug 400 at Michigan International Speedway. his way up around David Hobbs's machine. Now the question is, can Richard Petty catch Cale Yarborough for that second spot? Petty's losing a little ground as Cale punches the throttle, gets down to the inside groove. They're up and four coming out of the turn. Pearson about eight car lengths ahead. As he comes to the line, the crowd is on its feet, cheering at the line. The winner will be car number 21. It is Pearson across the line. David Pearson, the Purolator Mercury, first. Now I Time of my life. No, I never 1987, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey got down as Dirty Dancing bopped to box office fame, featuring the hit single, I've Had the Time of My Life. NBC ruled primetime with The Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, and The Golden Girls, topping the Nielsen ratings. And Dale Earnhardt was lightning in Thunder Valley, scoring the win in the Bush 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. Wallace's car has bit off the pace. White flag for Dale Earnhardt as he comes across. Wallace a full straightaway back. Ricky Rudd, I don't think, can catch him. The front five pretty well stabilized. Earnhardt at the back stretch. And as he gets the waves from the crowd, Dale goes by us full speed ahead. He allows Richard Petty to pull away just a mite as Earnhardt looks for checkered. Earnhardt is off turn number four. Harold Kinder puts the checkered flag on him, and he has won the Bush 500. Dale Earnhardt will win it. Two thousand four, Fat Joe and the Terror Squad shot forward to the top of Billboard's Hip Hop One Hundred with the smash hit single "Lean Back." Michael Phelps dominated the Athens Summer Olympics, freestyling, butterflying, and backstroking his way to six gold and two bronze medals. And Greg Biffle made a splash in the Great Lakes State, taking the checkers in the GFS Marketplace Four Hundred at Michigan. Do the rock away. Lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Come on. I said, my don't dance. We just pull up a pants and do the rock away. Greg Biffle's red and yellow Ford on the back stretch. Looks to the inside of Scott Wimmer's lap machine. He will just stay in line. He follows Wimmer off the end of the back straightaway. Greg Biffle down low at quarter number four. Heads for the checkered flag. Greg Biffle in commanding style here today with an eight-second lead over Mark Martin. Comes home to pick up the win in the GFS Marketplace 400. He becomes the 11th different winner in the 2004 season and again scores his first victory of the 2004 year. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history.
Thank you, Susie. Also, like to thank Ryan Blaney for joining us and Chris Gale for stopping by as well. I'm Mike Bagley, and for the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open drops Thursday. And NASCAR Live Race Day on the air from Daytona, 6 p.m. Eastern. We hope you catch us there and catch us this time next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.